The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. What does it mean to be present, to try and stay in the moment that you're in and not worry about the future or regret the past? It's something I've been trying to do for a long time. I'm Diane Ray, and I have always had questions about the big picture. God, life after death, spirituality, metaphysics, and what drives people to do what they do. And I like to ask them about it and learn from it. If you're a seeker like me, I hope you join me for some of these conversations on the podcast and be present with me in this moment. Welcome to the conversation today. Thanks for listening. I hope to be able to bring you some useful and interesting stories on this podcast that can help you in your own life and maybe offer some inspiration that you're not alone. So I've always got my eyes out for people and for stories like that. And I always learn something when I have these conversations with people on the podcast, and I'm happy to bring other people along for the ride. So I really appreciate you listening and joining me. You know, things seem pretty dark right now as far as societal divisions, and we're actually more separated than ever in our beliefs, our economic growth and opportunities and ideas for our future. It seems like we're really, really separated. But in reality, this could be the greatest opportunity that we've ever had. So I was thinking about this this morning before I introduced my guest today, and I I thought of this great quote from Carolyn Mace, who's an amazing author that I worked with at Hay House. And you're probably familiar with her book, Anatomy of the Spirit and others. She's an incredible teacher. And she said, the moment you come to trust chaos, you see God clearly. Chaos is divine order versus human order. Change is divine order versus human order. When the chaos becomes safety to you, then you know you're seeing God clearly. And I thought, wow, that's really that's really timely for what's going on around us right now. If you look at some of the chaos and you see what our part is in it and try to make some change, then there's hope. So this leads me to the guest I want to introduce you to today. I'm really excited to talk to him. Steve Farrell is the co-founder of Humanities Team, which is the number one nonprofit transformational education company in the world. And you might already get their emails or have taken one of their online courses, and you can find them at humanitiesteam.org if you're curious. So I've been spending some time with his new memoir. It's called A New Universal Dream, My Journey from Silicon Valley to a Life of Service to Humanity. I've been spending some time reading this, and it's given me some inspiration to keep pushing towards a higher version of myself and keep following my gut and my heart. And Steve has a great story to share. So welcome to my humble podcast today. Diane, thanks so much for having me. Been looking forward to being here with you and uh, and just diving into all of the things that we want to get to. Yeah, I have some uh, great questions for you. And I love a biography. I love an origin story. And you've achieved some incredible things. And you came from humble beginnings in Virginia 
and you were part of a big family of six brothers and sisters, and you work your way through college. And I loved how you started the book at the airport in 1979, saying goodbye to your dad before you headed out to San Francisco for a job opportunity. And his last words to you were, see you at the top. And you say that your idea of the top would really change. And I just, as a beginning, I just wanted you to take us back to that day and, and what you were feeling back in 1979 as you're ready to head off on your adventure. Yeah, thank you. So I was sitting there with my dad at Dulles Airport in on that day in 1979, my first job out of college, uh, which which was out in San Francisco. And and so, you know, your dad, of course, in these meetings is going to package up all the really important stuff for you that he wants you to uh, hear and understand as you're heading out of town. And And this was a big one. See you at the top. And which, of course, here he's talking about success, see you in your success. And, uh, of course, this was uh, a good place to start my book because, Diane, as you know, uh, in this book and during this journey, which was uh, over an over 50-year journey, uh, my definition of success really dramatically changed. It uh, changed from the American dream thing uh, to uh, what now yeah, the, the title of the book, A New Universal Dream, where when I went through my my own awakening experience and could really understand ultimate reality, you know how what how the universe really works, uh, that uh, and and who I was in that and why I'm here. What as I was awakening to all of that, uh, of course, then that that's going to dramatically change your worldview. It's going to dramatically change ultimate reality as you understand it, and it's going to dramatically change your definition of success. And what would you say is the new universal dream? So the new universal dream is really living into what now science is, is, is affirming is so. Many of us have heard the Einstein quotes, you know, 102 years ago, 1921, Einstein says, the, the biggest illusion in the world is the illusion of separation. Then he had all of these other quotes, you know, a human being is, is, is called by us uh, whole and in his, uh, but that, um, uh, that we have an optical delusion and we have to, and it's a prison for us. We have to, we have to release ourselves from this prison, you know, by, uh, by cr putting that affinity for around the whole planet and humankind, instead of the few, you know, our family members and all of these, all of these quotes of his. Now science is now coming in quantum physics in particular, but other science also affirming this, you know, that there's a unified field. Einstein also, as we know, was working on that at the time of his passing. Never quite got there. We're, we're there really now. There's a lot of science out that's saying, yes, it's a spiritual universe, that, which means it's all energy, which means that we set our own vibration, high or low. And of course, we're going to set it high, all of these things. Um, and, and this has a, a, a lot of implication, you know, for uh, who we are and how we're going to live our life, so um, this this really set me in a whole a whole new direction when I came into came into my own personal awakening. And this was well, this was after you had such a trajectory in business, and to a lot of people, you made it to the pinnacle of of success. You founded two high tech firms in Silicon Valley, Silicon Valley. I mean, you were there when there was so much going on, such a time of incredible growth and financial success for a lot of people. Uh, I, I can only imagine what the culture was like. I mean, what were the early days 
of that time back when you were launching enterprise networking systems. And I mean, there's been such a change from then to what you're doing now, but I'm, I'm curious about those early days. Yeah. So it was quite a moment there because as you mentioned, I was, I was one of uh, seven being raised by a single divorced mom in a little 1300 square foot home. Probably a lot of viewers can relate to that. You know, a lot of us growing up in the seventies, this was kind of, kind of how it worked. And, and then here I am, you know, 11 years later, my God, I'm, uh, I'm just in the right place at the right time as I'm starting my first company, ENS. And uh, wow, that thing just sprang to, we went from zero to 75 million in 10 years. And then we launched the second company, Netagy, inside of ENS, and it went to 75 million in two years. So I'm really there, you know, and that, uh, that, that, by the way, invited me into these business associations, which, you know, in, in the in the wealth creation community, you've got business associations where where they all gather, you know, for forums and dinners and things. And like uh, Governor Newsom, you know, was in my chapter and other people like him, uh, Governor Newsom from California, you know, astounding people, bright, creative, strong communicators, all of that. So I was in that club, private jets, private ski areas. I did not grow up like this, you know, so it was a part of me was like, wow, this is different. Uh, but a part of me, uh, which I, sp I speak to this in my book, was cognitive dissonance, you know, of is this really, you know, with everything going on in the world, Steve, is, th is this the role you were to play? Are, are you really, you know, if you become a serial entrepreneur, you just keep starting and growing these companies and minting money and so on. Is that really why you were born into the world? And, and that voice was uh, substantial. And. So, of course, I followed that voice. That's We all have that still small voice. It's, I'll call it our soul's calling and instead of the worldly noise. And it's uh, and, and that's just part of the reason, again, I wrote the book is I had a front row seat, you know, to wealth creation. I could see what this American dream was. I mean, I lived that. And I can tell you, it's not what people think it is. There's a lot of stress and pressure. Uh, we don't find our best self there. It's our smaller self, not our bigger self. And the best thing I ever did was to walk through those challenges where people thought I was burning a lottery ticket, throwing my life away, jumping off a cliff and all of these things, including family members who, who loved me dearly. Uh, and it was just the opposite. So because this conscious journey, which is what I was called to and what I think everybody in the world is being called to now, uh, individually and collectively, uh, this is where we find it. This is in the, And I know I know you know this, Diane. <laughs> That's why you've got this beautiful mind, body, spirit podcast is when we awaken, go through our own personal awakening experience and live into it and follow our soul's calling and so on, then we really live a delicious life. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. I agree. And reading, reading your book kind of brought me back to a lot of things that I learned Back in the beginning, you know, 10, 11 years ago, things that I was just learning from Hay, Hay House authors. And one of the things I remember about people calling into Hay House Radio, because we had like 30 shows 
Um, people took calls, you know, including Dr. Dyer. And so many people, the one thing they would ask is, what, what should I be doing? What's my life purpose? I don't feel fulfilled doing what I'm doing right now. And all they wanted was for someone, whether it be Wayne or Carolyn Mace or Louise Hay, any of the other teachers or authors, someone to tell them that. And really, the answer cannot come from outside of someone else. It has to come from within you, right? And I, I always wish that I could just tell them what they wanted to hear and what they needed to do, but I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, well, boy, I'll tell you, I, I was given this front row seat, you know, to, to where I, I was there with these people that are the gazillionaires. And, uh, so, and I can share, honestly, it's just a mirage, you know, the cartoon we all saw growing up of you, you walk through the desert and there's the oasis and up oh, the thing moved again, you know, cause as soon as you have your hundred million dollar company, well, it's now 200 million <laughs> and then well, it's 400. It just keeps on going out there further and further. And with the pressure and stress on the relationships, the people you love, family members, coworkers, dear friends, et cetera. Uh, financial wealth is, is not, not the thing. Finances are wonderful. You know, a certain level of, of financial wealth is uh, it's, it's wonderful. It's a tool actually uh, that can be used. I use that tool now as we're growing the, the nonprofit that I'm now in and that Neil Donald Walsh and I launched 20 years ago called Humanities Team. Uh, so, but the real, again, delicious way to live is to follow. This is now, I want to just talk to your listeners because we all have that still small voice. I'm going to call it our soul's calling. And we also all have all the worldly noise, you know, the family and friends that are well-meaning, right? That I want to, you know, do this and, and get this PhD and these other things, you know, earn that money. Uh, as you know, the story of my book is because I was following that still small voice, I did not go into commercial real estate where the big money was. I went to IBM to get the training. And then from IBM, then I'm, I have the training so I can go launch these companies uh, and grow them. Uh, which were quite conscious, actually. Uh, and then I had the training to, with Neil Donald Walsh, launch this global movement called Humanities Team, uh, where we're now supporting people on their conscious journey all over the world. And our, our master classes that we're releasing today have 77 languages that we're translating to. 77, we're the first in the industry to do that. So uh, all because I followed my still small voice and I didn't let that worldly noise uh, shut me down and it tries to shut you down. And that, so to, to listeners, I would say of all the things we're talking about, boy, listen to it. And if you, and people will say, well, I don't hear it. Well, no, but if we create that quiet in the morning or evening, or ideally both, and even at the lunchtime, which can kind of anchor our day and you go, you just quiet yourself and you ask for guidance, guide me, you know, help me to hear it, help me to understand it and then support me in getting there. I promise you, you'll hear it and you'll get the support to get there. Things can change and miracles can happen. And talking about the still small voice and signs, and I, I love to pay attention to those things. And you mentioned that, uh, you had mentioned Neil Donald Walsh, and I just want to have people make that connection because you were told about his book, you know, back when Conversations with God was really popular, but you're super busy in your business right then and probably, you know, weren't paying attention to wanting to read something like that, right? And I've had many books kind of fall in my lap and I've talked about it before, like, um, you know, the teachings of Ram Das. I literally had a book hit me in a bookstore. It fell on me at a time that I really needed to hear it. Uh, and, and it seemed like that happened to you. People were telling you to read this book. 
and then you go on to to work with Neil. So I was just hoping to find a little bit of find out a little about that relationship because that seemed like to be a major turning point. So so my mother and my sister did literally force me into a corner and said, "You have to read this book. It's going to change your whole life." And I and I said, "Well, one is I don't like you said I don't have time to read that book, and two I don't want my life to change. I've got a great life." <laughs> but then I read the book and. And the God really that I, I've been hearing my whole life, uh, this uh, benevolent, not malevolent God, you know, was coming through. And this was the voice I'd heard on some level my whole life that uh, loves us and even says, just like the Bible, you know, made in the likeness and image, we're part of, we're emanations of the one we call uh, the divine or God and humanities team. Though my scientist friends like to use the word term universe and cosmos, and, and which works fine too, you know. Uh, so yeah, so then what happened is, uh, I did deepen into this whole awakening experience. Of course, book two, book three came out, other, other, uh, conversations with God books. Neil reached out through his newsletter and said, Hey, is there anybody out there that's used this material, uh, in a substantial way inside of a, a, a growing company? I thought the whole world, uh, had candidly, cause he was on all the shows, Larry King live and ABC, CBS, et cetera. So I was kind of surprised that I was one of the few that was actually putting that wisdom to use inside of my business, which incidentally helped me to grow these businesses so so rapidly. I mentioned how quickly we were able to grow these businesses. This wisdom, which creates a conscious business, uh, is is how we were able to grow those businesses so rapidly. So Neil said, "Hey, would you want to fly up to Ashland and you know meet me and my wife and have dinner and." So my wife and I did. I met Neil, and then a couple of years later, you know, I he and I launched Humanities Team together. Isn't that, I mean, kind of a pinch me uh, moment when you know the book the book lands in your life, and then you end up working with the author, yeah, cre- creating this amazing thing. Yeah, I mean, and there's so much pinch me about it because Humanities Team. If you've read the Conversations with God books, one of the nine books is called Tomorrow's God, and the whole birthing experience of humanities team, you know, starting a global movement, it'd be that it would be called humanities team, what it was going to do. It's all right there in the book, which is what it's now 20 years old, this uh, nonprofit called humanities team. And, and it is all the things that the book said it would be, you know? So, I mean, how often do you read about your, uh, your destiny with all the details which, which I'm now, you know, I've been the executive director of it for 20 years, helped Neil to launch it. And God's been is sitting there talking about it to the whole world. So yeah, very much of a pinch me moment. That's amazing. And, you know, a big part of conversations with God and that message and a big part of, I think the, the message of humanities team is that we're not separate from God and there is no duality. And this, we are one philosophy is taught in the Bible, you know, echoed by many religious leaders and spiritual teachers from, you know, Emerson to Plato, the Tao Te Ching. And I think people forget that and you get the jaded cynicism of, well, how can we really be one when look at them? You know, (laughs) that person has nothing to do with me. Uh, Do you think, I mean, I think we need that message now more than ever, but is it hard to talk about this tenet and get people to really believe in that in this time of division that we're in right now? Well, one of the hardest things uh, that I, I, I can see that uh, for many people is, is this, is 
in conversations with God, as it's addressing the reader, it always capitalizes who you are. It keeps cap over and over again, who you are. It's telling you, you know, do you know who you are? You are my daughter, my son. My God, I sent you down to this planet. You're representing the light, you know, and it's almost shaking you throughout the uh, nine series of books as we as we really give ourselves time to feel into that. So this daily practice, you know, uh, which anchors us throughout our day and through I, music and nature, and there are many things I do, uh, what what we can experience is, I'll call it the floodlight of where we're, Man, she is shining on you uh, in such a powerful and present way and then resourcing you in such a huge way because because you're now living into your bigger self. That's that's what when you're who you are as daughter or son, we understand, well, the whole all eight billion are, you know, the earth itself is animal life is plant life is. And uh, this is so important, as you know, you from Hay House, Louise Hay mostly was writing about this of, you know, hey, understand who you are, love yourself fully. You know, we can't really love the world until we love ourselves fully. It's such an important message that Louise Hay really dedicated herself to it. Uh, and I spend a lot of time with this where people say, I don't, you know, Steve, you feel a floodlight. I don't even feel a, anything. I feel nothing. So how do I get there? Uh, and I talk about the, our, our daily practice and how we can really go down into it and open ourselves and really uh, allow ourselves to feel, you know, this God that is, that, that's, that's always present. Uh, presence, it's never an absence is what Michael Beckwith says. It's true. You know, there's no separation. That's the whole thing here. <laughs> when we talk about we are all one, that there's actually no separation at all. We just create a separation in our minds, sort of hold a raincoat over this, what I'm calling floodlight, and uh, we need to we need to take that raincoat off. We need to open ourselves, really let that love in, that inspiration in. And boy, then, you know, this whole delicious life thing happens. Right. And I think that people need to let go of some of their old, you know, the preconceived ideas and, and beliefs that they might not even be aware. It, it's, you know, things that you've grown up with that are just don't suit you anymore and really don't suit all of us, I think, as a society. I think it's interesting as you were talking, you know, we're talking about oneness and the whole idea of non-duality. If you were transported back to Tudor times, you'd be burned at the stake if you if you said those things. Right. Yeah. In fact, we uh we talk about the Galileo moment now, Diane. So uh and of course this is going back to that time frame. So this was the early 1600s and and of course, we know from uh, history and science when, when we were in grade school, this man um, was a scientist, astronomer, you know, physics. He was kind of said to be the father of all of those things back then. And, and back then, everything, including sacred texts, said the earth was the center of the universe. This is where the burning the stake thing was. Boy, if you raised your hand and said, no, I isn't true. <laughs> he said, you had a telescope. Not true. He said, you know, we're actually in a solar system and we revolve around the sun and we're at the edge of the solar system. And he was under house arrest to the end of his life for that. He was, the only reason he was not killed is he recanted. But there were so many that had telescopes that uh, would, would have made their own observations and said, you know what? Uh, he did share the truth. This recanting thing is bunk. You know, we actually are off at the edge of the universe in a solar system. Now we call it the Galileo moment because it's our moment. There's no longer will one man stand up and do this for us. 
we have to do that together now. That's why it's a Galileo moment. Is And what do we have to do? Well, understand, just like you said, there are these things from our grade school, physical bodies, physical universe, all true. It's not untrue. It's just that we need to enlarge that understanding. In some ways, the physical is the least consequential thing that we need to understand. Because in a spiritual universe, in a vibrational universe, and spiritual, where we that means we have everlasting life, that, that has implications that are huge, especially inside of oneness, where we're actually all points of presence, if you will, you know, here on the earth and in the universe. When we live into that, these new understandings, you know, that we're all one, that we where we're setting our vibration, where we're communing with our source, the one, where we're uh, going to our station in life. And, and uh, in your case, with this podcast, Diane, in my case, with Humanities Team, where we do all of these things, this is now an entirely different life. So this is a whole different definition of success. We've moved our ladder. It's now leaning against a different wall which is the real ultimate reality. And then we find a delicious way of living our lives. And then the really cool part, because so many of us are concerned about the future, you know, what it's going to happen to our kids and future generations here on the planet, where enough of us are doing this together, bam, the whole Malcolm Gladwell tipping point thing happens. And we create a sustainable and flourishing earth, which is the whole purpose of humanity's team. And the work you're doing is incredible with humanity's team and creating uh like Andrew, Andrew Harvey calls, you know, uh, the sacred activist cells. He would say there's terror cells. He wants to have peace cells, you know, have people around the world doing that kind of work. And you had mentioned leadership and you being a leader and a business leader and running companies. And I just wanted to get your definition of a conscious leader, because I want people to think of it in relation to their own lives. Like it doesn't have to mean you're running a business or you know, head of your company or something like that, like being the leader in your little circle or in your family or something like that. You can be a conscious leader. Exactly. Actually, I created a masterclass that's on our humanities team site called Conscious Leadership. And that's its exact point, Diane, is, boy, you know, we are all leaders. Everybody is a leader. We are all leaders. You know, we're all actually one in the divine and there are no favorites that are played at all. You know, it's all science-based of the more we devote ourselves to that pure vision, that bigger self, the world around us, and put ourselves in service to that, one, the better we feel, and two, the more resources that kick in. There are no favorites at all. It's why you know Jesus and Buddha were so humble uh, when they talked about life and what others would do. Uh, they said, you know, you'll do it too. In fact, that's the whole point. <laughs> that's, that's why I'm here is to uh, have you live into your own fullest self, uh, and there's no upper end to that. You seem so positive. Do you ever get discouraged? I I, I don't really. Um, I mean, I my daily practice is so deep uh, and so wide. And my work now, you know, I'm doing this. So there are three steps here, which I talk about in the book. So educate and then embody and express. And then the third is engage. We're engaging others here, inviting others to it. Uh, so, I mean, how I, I can't think of, of a job that I could love more than this one, where I get to just talk, like talk, I'm talking with you about how we can all do this together, have incredible homes, create incredible communities in an incredible world. I'll, I'll share with you just so, because I don't want people to think, oh yeah, and he, yeah, but he had private, in the private jet world and stuff. So he, I'm not like him. I do have challenges. So 
Um, I adopted with my wife two kids. Uh, one of ours is off at NYU. The other one has something called pyroluria, which creates a, a separation anxiety. So my wife and I aren't able to travel much together and haven't for like 15 years, you know, so she goes and then I go. So we have challenges. Uh, so I don't want people to think, oh, you know, yeah, of course, you know, coming from Silicon Valley, he could do that. We have we have big challenges too, but that's the whole point here is life isn't to take away challenges. We actually, uh, uh, by design, adopted our beautiful son and we love to the end of the earth. Uh, so I wouldn't give up this boy for anything in the world. But um, it's also created a spiritual gym, you know, where I get stronger and stronger and stronger through these circumstances. I'm mentioning this because probably your listeners, too, there's a financial worry. There's a health care, health worry, a relationship worry, something like this. Uh, We all have these things. But if we if we go to that still small voice, listen to it, follow it, develop our daily practice, uh, then we can really live. I keep coming back to delicious life, a joyful life. I mean, I even I even love my sleep time where I with my covers and it's cooler outside of my blanket and I'm doing this kind of work. And then in the morning, my favorite time is getting up in the morning just to bounce into a new day. Uh, you know, Warren, they say Warren Buffett skips to work. I'll bet you I feel better going to work than Warren Buffett does. I'll just bet you I do. Uh, so <laughs> I don't uh, I don't I'm I'm. You know, I'm living into this knowing who I am, the who you are, and just inviting and supporting others with all of the, you know, as you know, we have hundreds of these video trainings, live programs, all for, for uh, conscious living. And uh, I, I'm, I'm like, wow, I am in such a great place. And I just want to enjoy the rest of my life doing this. And I know I'm here really to do this. I've got the vision of Warren Buffett skipping. It's kind of a... a... <laughs> It's kind of a comical vision, him him skipping to work. Right. Um, but I think that what you're saying too is the the joy that you get from service. And I don't want people to think that's a Pollyanna thing because I think we can all relate to, you know, when you give someone a great gift and that feeling that you get seeing that they really love it and enjoy it. I mean, I still remember a gift I gave my father, which was a stopwatch because he used to run track in college and he was just a very stern guy. And that, and that one moment when he opened that up and he just was so surprised, got a smile on his face. And it just made me feel so good that I made him happy. And I think if we could tap into that being in, in service and do you think that it's really in all of us kind of dug deep down that we have that, that piece, maybe genetic, because I think you see it during uh, times of great stress or the World Trade Center came down, people were digging in the rubble to help each other, no matter who was buried, right? So, so I think yeah, there might be something to that. There there definitely is. Yeah. Actually, the book, uh, New Universal Dream, it, there, there are three premises there and which are linked. So and the first one is that that there's a universal consciousness or loving presence, intelligence that's animating all of life in the universe. So that's that's number one. The other two actually link off of that. The second one is that we are designed actually as part of that one. So likeness and image of God, you know, a cell in the body of the universe. Uh, And then the third comes right down into what you share. These things naturally follow each other, that the more we give ourselves away, which means be in service to our bigger self, the world around us, the better we feel. And as you know, one of the stories in the book, uh, just to really bring that in, it's, it's emphasizing what I'm talking about here in the Silicon Valley stories is, this guy, Ken Baring, who lived out there, a billionaire that even owned an NFL team, 
the Seattle Seahawks and all of the toys and stuff and, and his 737 jet and all these things. And, and he said, you know, I never really found it. I just didn't really find that treasure chest until I was 80 when I started my wheelchair foundation, which gives mobility to people and not just mobility to a person in a home, but in these third world homes, the whole family would take turns carrying the person around. So the whole family got mobility from a simple little wheelchair. And so from 80 to 92, when he passed, this was his thing, flying around and giving away wheelchairs all over the world. And he said, I finally found it. I finally found it. So, uh, and, you know, sometimes people go in an elite direction with this and say, yeah, you know, for you, Steve, and billionaires and so on. But actually, you know, if you're blue collar, white collar, just living paycheck to paycheck, this is actually where this these messages are so important because this is the whole point is we don't want to fall into just the pressure and stress of just, I've got to go to work, work is over, I've got to go to sleep, I'm going to get up tomorrow morning, which is how I kind of grew up in my earlier years, how most of us lived our life or are today. When we come into this make the time for a daily practice and holistic living. And we say, my life is, is, is my mission. It's who I am, the Gandhi thing and start living that way. Uh, then we just release ourselves from it all. You know, what was said, the birds of the air, they neither sow nor reap nor gather in barns. And, and aren't you loved more than they? Right. You know, I'm curious after all the people you've worked with, amazing futurists, global visionaries, you know, Barbara Marks Hubbard was, um, uh, what was she called? Like an evolutionary, I mean, evolutionary futurist, I guess, like wondering what was going to happen with humanity down the road. I mean, if you could fast forward a hundred years, what do you think it will look like? Yeah, I think, I think Barbara, who was, uh, a visionary and also could put into words, beautiful things and true things. So conscious evolution, her book, and she said, we're evolving now from homo sapien to homo universalis, right? She also said, uh, our crisis is a birth. You were talking about Carolyn Meese and what she was bringing in. It's kind of the, in the same thing, you know, our crisis is a birth. Uh, it is a birth. There's a birth going on. I was even saying earlier in the program, I think we're all individually and collectively being called now to what I'm calling conscious living. It goes by, you know, awakening to oneness or our diversity and unity, the new spirituality is called a lot of different things, but we're being called to this Galileo thing of, you know, there's a lot more here going on than what meets the eye. And I'm just going to start living into what I believe is true. And uh, then we become a uh, homo universalis. So a hundred years from now, hundred years from now, I think we're going to have a sustainable and flourishing planet. I think we're going to roll back extreme weather. Uh, I don't think wars will go on anymore. Uh, I think uh, we'll be taking much better care of ourselves and, and, the, and the earth. It'll just be a whole different, uh, much more advanced civilization here. Well, that's positive. I mean, I think that's that's a good note to, to kind of wrap up on a positive note. But I, I wanted to, to ask you one more thing for an action step that people could take away that, because I'm sure there's going to be people rolling their eyes saying, you know, like, like you mentioned, oh, this guy, he's already done it. He's set financially. He doesn't have to worry about anything. But I think we can bring it down to a, a real world human level of, of some things that, that we can do to start moving towards that vision that you have that's, that's so beautiful and amazing. Yeah. So, well, one, uh, just two things real quick. One, the, you know, when I said educate, 
then embody and express, and then engage. So that threesome, uh, educate. So humanitiesteam.org uh, with a Y. There are lots of free programs. Up at the top, it says programs. Pull down the free programs. Uh, go through those free programs. There's a whole bunch of them. Uh, and that'll, that'll I think, open your eyes to a lot because it's science and spirituality and body practices and so much more. Two is... We work with the uh, near-death experience community, with the mediumship community. I work with them frequently. There is no such thing as death. We do. It is a spiritual universe. I can tell you 100% uh, that that's true. You'll get that from some of these free programs. Um, we don't want to wait until the end of our life when we transition back to the non-physical realm and when we will know with certainty what I'm talking about, uh, this pure love environment where we're a candle in the sun, we don't want to wait and, and, then, and then go, oh, you know, after we've transitioned, oh, that was ultimate reality. There's a reason that you're listening to this program now. Uh, just, you know, I just invite you to really uh, hear this and even, you know, dive into some education of your own and your own daily practice where we really embrace who are, we are as the, the, the daughter or son of the one, of God, you know, of, of the divine, here on a special mission to support this great pivot that's going on, the great shift of the ages that's happening now, where we play our role in that and start living deliciously. Oh, my God, you know, it's such, a, such an incredible thing. Our lives will have so much meaning. We're going to find so much purpose. Um, we don't want to miss that opportunity. You know, you under you know know who you are you know that's who you are you you are the daughter or son of the divine this is not an abstract thing i can promise you and uh i just uh uh i would love to see all of your all of the listeners actually the whole of the earth uh really come into this awareness in this lifetime so they can come into the fullness of of what a life experience can be we all have a part to play in your book really reminds everybody of that. And you're living it, you know, you're living what you believe in an authentic way and, and bringing it out there. So I congratulate you on that. And I hope people pick this up, A New Universal Dream, My Journey from Silicon Valley to a Life in Service to Humanity. And we're, we're lucky to have you doing all of this. And I hope that the other people listening, if you do enjoy this podcast, definitely leave a review, follow, share with your friends. I would appreciate that. If you don't have the mindbodyspirit.fm mobile app, you can download, download that for free in the app store for Apple or for Android. And uh, yeah, <laughs> thanks for listening. And thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, pleasure to be with you, Diane. Thank you. Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.